Okay, here we go. Here we are. Force of Love. Uh, Wednesday night session. Uh, would everyone please mute their phone right now? I hear a lot of background noise. That's me. Sorry. Okay. All right. So we are currently in Chapter 12 in the treatise, and the chapter is the belief, the belief, correction, and atonement. And we will be starting from one. Yeah, we start 12. And uh, we'll see how far we get. How's it going? 14 paragraphs. We might even get through the whole thing this evening. Uh, so I don't have to remind us the protocol of muting your phone, you know, and all that nice stuff when we're not talking and let's try not to talk over each other. And here we are. So we have Judy, Yvonne, Reverend Bill. Maybe I'll jump in and read too to get us through this. So... Let's just take a few minutes to rest, to plant ourselves in one spot for a moment, take a few deep breaths, and just listen to these words to help anchor ourselves to the present moment. Anchored in faith, I claim peace to keep me patient and positive guidance to show me the way, healing to claim my wholeness, and abundant supply to meet my every need. So here we are, anchored in faith, and we can have our peace, our guidance, our wholeness, and everything we ever needed. So, few deep breaths, and we'll get on our way. But Judy, Yvonne, Reverend Bill, and maybe a little kickoff from 11 uh, in the second treatise, the treatise on the nature of unity. And last week he said to us, I have said that the ego will remain with you as the identity you have learned since birth until you practice it with new learning. While you have learned much here, you may be thinking that your ego is still very with you and wondering if you have not yet replaced it, how this miracle will come about. This replacement is indeed a miracle and the very miracle you have been prepared for within this course of learning. So, Judy, Chapter 12, The Belief in Correction and Atonement, read 1 and 2. Yvonne, 3, 4, and 5, Reverend Bill, 6, and 7. Okay? <sighs> okay. Miracles are thoughts, and I am the corrector of false thinking. You have been made ready for this correction, and your belief in correction or atonement is the final belief that must be put into practice. Miracles are a service provided through love. Your readiness for miracles has been achieved through the learning you have accomplished. Miracles cannot be used. And so your learning needed to include an ability to distinguish between service and use. Service or devotion leads to harmony through right action. 
Until you were able to distinguish the false from the true, you were not able to receive the power of miracles. Yvonne? Okay. The power of miracles is but the culmination and the integration of the beliefs we have put forth here. The miracle I am offering you here is the service I offer you, the precursor of the service that you will offer to others. Hmm. Read four also. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking. Miracles are intercession. As such, they are agreement. They do not take away free will, but free the will to respond to truth. They are the ultimate acceptance of giving and receiving, being one in truth. Okay, pass. Reverend Bill, five, six, and seven. After mute. Thank you. While you continue to feel as if you do not understand miracles, you will be reluctant to believe in them or to see yourself as a miracle worker. Your belief in miracles and your belief in atonement or correction are the same thing. While you believe there is anything other than your own thinking that is in need of correction, you think falsely. Right thinking is the realm of miracles. As with the learning goal being set here of going beyond belief to simply knowing, the learning goal in relation to the miracle is the same. It is one of going beyond belief in the miracle to simply knowing. Knowing is knowing the truth. Knowing is right thinking. Your return to knowing or right thinking is both the miracle and the end for the need of miracles. For as you live in the world as who you are, you become a miracle and a constant expression of the miracle. The power of thought and the power of prayer, once aligned, call constantly upon the same power of intercession that is the miracle. This is why we also devoted a fair amount of this treatise to a discussion of calling. Calling is not only something you receive, but something you must learn to give. As you have come to see calling as a gift and a treasure, as well as a learning device, so must you come to see your own ability to call forth intercession as a gift and treasure you are able to give in service to your brothers and sisters. Pass. Um, okay. What if we to continue to read the whole chapter? Do you think that's too much to absorb right now? Should we stop here? Anybody 
has a burning desire to share with what we just read, anything we just read. What do you think, gang? I, I have one thing to share that I found kind of interesting. And I'm reminded of a, a message um, that in those, in the couple of paragraphs, well, five, six, and seven, um, five and six actually, specifically, I'm reminded of a message from unity. And in unity's teachings, Eric Butterworth made the statement, there is, there is no such thing as miracles. All the miracles are, or what seem to be miracles, about operation from awareness of the highest truth. And that kind of would correspond to this message here of saying that uh, belief in the miracle is simply knowing. Knowing is knowing the truth. Knowing is right thinking. Your return to knowing or right thinking, I guess we could also add right-mindedness, is both the miracle and the end and the need for miracles. That makes sense to everyone? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, thank you. Shook me up when I first heard him say that. And then I mm. came to realize what he what he was saying to that effect. I mean, and then when you can continue that last line of six, whereas you live in the world as who you are, and that's knowing... You become a miracle and the constant expression of the miracle. So that sums it up. Totally. And in his sentence there, I would say, he would say that, um, for as you live in the world as who you are, that Mm -hmm. should be, let's say, capitalized who you are, Mm -hmm. you become a miracle or you become one who knows in the constant expression of the miracle. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Brief digression. <laughs> Actually, that summed up everything quite nicely, and I would just like to add to that one thing that <clears throat> we read. I can't remember what paragraph it was. Um, the need to begin to practice it. Mm-hmm. Knowing about it, knowing about it is the first step because that hits me on a very uh, intellectual level. Yes, I agree. I totally am with it. I get it. And to practice it involves me experiencing something uh, other than just an intellectual, um, an intellectual understanding. And it's putting the two together for me anyway that makes it real for me. So practicing, yeah. I think, is an important part of it anyway. I'm done. The knowing that, thank you, and the knowing that I'm getting out of how he's describing it here is a knowing that is known beyond a doubt. It's known as it's experiential, mm-hmm. beyond mm-hmm. the intellect. Yeah. And, uh, knowing is knowing the truth and accepting the truth without And question. experiencing and experiencing mm-hmm. it. 
that's how we know yeah. it, or at least that's how I came. That's how I come to know anything that resembles truth is through my experience of it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, for me, it's just an intellectual exercise. Yeah. Yeah, information rather than experience. Your return to yeah. knowing or right thinking is both the miracle. The return to knowing or right thinking is both the miracle and the end for the need of miracles. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. you live in the that's when you live in the world who you are, you become a miracle. That's it's correct. Acceptance. Pure acceptance oh, yeah. that I know. You know, Absolutely. I know there. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think we should read this whole thing. I think it makes it interesting. Just quite a bit. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I'm on board with what everybody wants to do, and that's fine. I'm in on yeah. that. Okay, so we have 8, 9, 10, 11... 12, 13, 14. So, Judy, 8 and 9. Okay. Uh, Yvonne, 10 and 11. And Reverend Bill, would you conclude with 12, 13, and 14? Okay. <coughs> All right, then. Uh, 8. If callings come to alert you to the treasure within, how can it be that you, as a miracle-minded being, are not called upon to also call forth the treasure that exists around you? When you call to those whom you meet in relationship, you call but to the already accomplished. Oh, yeah. There, between you and the quote-unquote other whom you have previously only perceived, is the relationship and the miracle waiting to happen. As we spoke within a course of love of relationship being not one thing or another, but a third something, this is what we speak of here again. If Christ is relationship, and if the Christ in you is the real you, then this all-encompassing relationship, both within you and without you, both you and all you are in relationship with, is that third something that is the holy relationship. Wow. That's a double wow. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Yvonne. (laughs) This holy relationship is what you are called to cultivate as a gardener cultivates her garden. The gardener knows that although the plant exists fully realized within its seed, it also needs the relationship of earth and water, light and air. The gardener knows that tending the garden will help it to flourish and show its abundance. The gardener knows she is part of a relationship that is the garden. A true gardener believes not in bad seeds, a true gardener believes that she oh, a true gardener believes not that she is in control. A true gardener accepts the grandeur that is the garden 
and finds it beautiful to behold. This metaphor is akin to acceptance of the holy relationship. It is acceptance of what occurs with the joining of many factors, one no more important than another. While the Christ in you has been compared to the seed of all you are, what you have had revealed to you here is that the Christ is also the relationship of all that would bring the seed to fruition. The ego could be compared to the ego could be here compared to a gardener who believes that the seed alone is all that is important. As intently as this gardener might struggle to cause the seed to grow, without the relationship to earth and water, light, and air, the seed would but remain a source of struggle. The ego would hang on to what is already accomplished within you never to let it express through relationship all that it is. (laughs) I'm going to read that sentence again. I love that. The ego would hang on to what is already accomplished within you, never to let it express through relationship all that it is. As valuable as the ego would tell you that you are, it still would thwart you being who you are through its denial of the relationship essential to that which you truly are. (laughs) Great, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Yvonne. Interesting, I notice that this next paragraph is all highlighted for me. Well, this cultivation then of the all-encompassing holy relationship that exists within you and without you, both in all you are and all you are in relationship with, is how you are called to live your life and the call you are asked to send to all your brothers and sisters. Let the beliefs we have set forth become one with you so that they enable you to live and express and act as who you are in every moment and in every circumstance. Let these abilities serve you and your brothers and sisters. Let this way of living be the expression of who you are and all that you now remember. Let this remembrance grow and flourish as the garden that is you. Recognize now that unity is within you and without you. In all you are and all you are in relationship with. Feel the embrace and the love that is this unity. And know that it is you and me and our creator and all that was created. That last sentence, wow. I felt it. I felt the embrace. It was good. good. As Yvonne was reading in paragraph 11, I was just seeing and accepting 
that those seeds, we have a holy relationship with those seeds and with the soil and with the water mm. and, and with our intention for what we're going to grow. That there's a holy relationship that is being reaffirmed and redeclared, if you will, in paragraph 14 there, that sentence you just read, Paula. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. accept that point. Everything, everything that's, that we are involved in, and, and including those matters that are rubbing us the wrong way. Yep. That they're, they're simply there waiting, waiting for us to forgive. Forgive our beliefs, forgive our projections, forgive our story, forgive our expectation. <laughs> Thanks. I'm complete. Yeah. Thank you, Reverend Bill. Yeah, thank you, Reverend Bill. I just really like the way, this is Van, I really like the way he counterposed the ego uh, being compared to a gardener who believes that the seed alone is all that. There's no without the relationship. The relationship is the key of the water, earth, and light, and so on, right? So I just really like the way that he put that together. It's so clear. I'm complete. Yeah. Yeah. Paragraph. Yeah. Paragraph nine. I have that highlighted because that says so much to me. There, between you and the other whom you have previously only perceived, is the relationship and the miracle waiting to happen. And then he goes on to say, as he spoke in the course of love, relationship being not one thing or another, but a third thing. This is what we speak of here again. If Christ is relationship and if the Christ in you is the real you, then this all-encompassing relationship, both within you and without you, both you and all you are in relationship with, is that third something that is the holy relationship. So again, it's within, without, the acceptance of all, as you said, Reverend Bill, all. Whether situations we don't like, or we dread, or we fear, but they're there. It's all part of the everything. Indeed. And yet it's all encompassed with love. Even though, like, you know, as that, even Yvonne pointed out, the ego. The ego is that little nagging thought that's always hanging there. Say, you know, you don't need the earth and the water. You just need the seed. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> Very yeah. singular and separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas unity yeah. is all inclusive. Yep. Yeah. It's all or nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all inclusive. I like how you know he even emphasized in mind he parenthesized there between you and the other. <laughs> yeah. 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 There is no other which is what they what was preached pretty much all through uh a course in miracles. There is no other. Yeah. Yeah. We're all one. Everything is. 
know, and then we become the gardeners that cultivate. Yeah, cultivate gardeners. Yeah, yeah. And through expression. Yeah. Yeah. Through expression. Yeah. It's a challenge. I find it I yeah. find it can be challenging when I am presented with certain situations. I I can find that challenging. So I will continue to dig into myself and find out what is triggering me to not be the Christ, which mm-hmm. is the truth of who I am. And when I can uncover that little tidbit, I can get rid of it. I can, I can tear up the roots or the weeds, the weed, the weed, the weed. Yeah, because that's just a weed in my garden. It's obviously yeah. something that's unhealed in me, so it's my responsibility to pluck at it. Uh, Judy, I just have one thing to say with that. The light mm-hmm. solves the darkness. It doesn't oh, clearly. It doesn't clearly. It. So it's not like you have to get rid of one thing to have the other. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, yeah, so I thought it was on yeah. Again, I, you know, so you don't have to try to get rid of something to, to you know, no, the light. It's not. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Okay, the light that. to the dark. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that is what I do. When I say pluck it out, that's just a figure of speech. And what, mm-hmm. what I'm meaning by all of that is I will go into either a spontaneous or a planned meditation, whatever, and I will find out what, what is the root of the issue that I am not accepting something, that I'm, I'm fighting against something, I'm resisting something. It's in me. So I have to discover it. I have to find out what the root of it is. And what I do is I usually go to some little girl, which is me, all me, okay? And I could be either two years old or 12 or 25. It doesn't matter. But I will find out what happened and why I get triggered. And then I will rearrange, allow spirit to rearrange my thinking and allow myself to see the ridiculousness of it or the meaningless of it, actually, and be able to see that whatever I thought was done to me never really happened. So I do have a process for what I term rooting out or plucking out weeds. Okay. I have a process that I go through to do that. And in every single case, every time, all I do is I bring a candle a light to that little girl inside of me and I ask her to join with me as an adult and let us just forgive ourselves for thinking that we had an answer which clearly upset us, which we didn't really have the answer and yada, yada, yada. So I I just wanted to correct that because I know exactly what you're saying, Yvonne, and I absolutely agree with you. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. self-love and self-forgiveness, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's what I talk about when I, that's what I talk about when I say I'm going to practice. Because whenever I Mm -hmm. come up against a situation, which I'm right in the middle of one right now um, with an attorney, and so whenever I start getting my back up or taking, you know, my, you know, like I want to scream at her or whatever, I just have to take myself in hand and let myself know that this is not a big deal, Okay. And I have to find out why I feel so triggered, what happened. It's not the same situation. Bring the light to whatever age I was at whatever time something triggered me or 
or caused me to think in a certain way, and I need to correct that thinking right at the root. And then it just clears me. It clears me so that I don't find myself reacting or becoming triggered by anything in the present. Because there's really nothing in the present that ever triggers me. Okay, there's nothing ever going on in the present. It's always something from the past. I see only the past. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, I need to work on it. And that's what I do. And that's me sharing my process with you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Uh, the you know, we might, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say we all have, and I'll call it our process. You know, mm-hmm. Reverend Bill and I were on a call today, and it got, I wouldn't say heated, but a discussion incurred about, you know, how we should share and how, you know, everyone, you know, you know, should share. There's like a correct way to share. But, but you know, we are individuals, you know, and mm-hmm. like Judy's process and Yvonne's and whatever Bill's and mine, you know, like I can listen to Judy and say I admire that. And I can do that at times, but there's times I just fall into a lot of fear or whatever and I just, go amok and I forget the truth but I come out of it because I have more knowledge now but you know there's just not one way I mean there is one way you know but in our individuality and we are Mm -hmm. even though we're one with God we're individuated Mm -hmm. so it's like you know what works for you doesn't necessarily work for me which it's is why I always, I yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. The only one thing I have to remember, and you said the word, do that self-forgiveness and the self-love. That's mm-hmm. the key. Yes. I agree. I agree. And I, you know, if you listen, uh, you'll never hear me say you should do this ever. I would never, ever, mm-hmm. ever say that. When I share, it's always, I, I'm pretty sure I always say this, or pretty much always say this, my feelings, my process, and I don't shove it mm-hmm. up. Don't, no, no, just mine. Yeah. That's, all I, yeah. that's all I can share. I can't share anybody else's. <laughs> I and, can only share and that's process. true dialogue. Yeah, that's exactly. true dialogue. That's not, that's you know, asking yeah. anyone to critique or whatever. Or, I'm not, no. it's just sharing from our inner whatever. Exactly, and putting yeah. it in our own words and yes. our own process. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. I hope nobody takes it that I'm suggesting anybody else do it because that's certainly no. not what I've ever no. been about. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to clear no. that out because, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. no. To what Paula was speaking of a few moments ago um, is we continue to go through a course of love and I go through time and time and time and time again. It's becoming clearer that within the talents and the gifts that we have, the unique aspect that we have, our individuality and our individual individual means of addressing whatever matter we're going through, is being shown as like the hero's badge. It's shown like it's the, the top of the list to encourage us, everyone. It, uh, there are time and again where it says when 
I don't quote, don't ask me to quote where it is, but he says, when you have heard of your faults from someone else, don't deny those faults. Instead, recognize that is your talent, that is your trait, that is the gift that you have to share with others. Mm-hmm. Such mm-hmm. that we get a whole picture of our of the of what we are in, what of our our being, our existence, the oneness, and. Uh, I really appreciate that when I hear that from, from and I, obviously in the, within there is this, this message that, well, yep, that was a mistake that I need to forgive myself for. But there's another talent, uh, another, let's say, uh, in this case, a willingness to just speak up, okay, that, that I, you know, then I may, I spent the better part of my life just making sure that was the last thing I did that now I guess is being appreciated and being recognized and, and and a part of what continues on in these conversations in our journey. So uh these these attributes that are unfolding for us, bring them on and just celebrate that this is our means of being and it's it's actually, yeah, thank you very much. It's because it's a natural way of being, isn't it? Thank you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that just came through. Yeah, great. Thanks, Steph. Thanks, Steph. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this is Yvonne. I was just, uh, I was thinking about what Judy was saying. You know, speaking to the little girl or, you know, whatever at the time. Um, I had that experience myself because um, I grew, I was born with a lazy eye and I I couldn't, I didn't really develop that side, that eye, because of being isolated and not understanding and no one paying attention, whatever, to my mother when she said there was something wrong with my eye. Well, anyway, I all my life, you know, my eye, my eyesight was always the front and center of everything. You know, Yvonne, Yvonne needs to see. Yvonne needs to sit up front in the classroom. You know, we need to take Yvonne mm-hmm. to the doctor. She is constantly. And all my life, I, I had this anxiety over my eyes. And every time I go get a, um, you know, an eye test or whatever, just all most of my life. I'd always be uncomfortable and nervous and at home, my gosh. Um, anyway, just the other day, I was um, getting ready to get a, a second cataract removed, and which is going to be on that eye, which I don't see out of. I was speaking with the doctor, and uh, all of a sudden, I, real, I realized I saw myself getting anxious. And I felt, mm-hmm. I felt this over just not anything he said, just all just, this just, oh, oh, yeah. deep stuff that I've been holding on for 77 years, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, so he looked at me like he felt that I was an- anxious, a little bit anxious. And I said, oh, uh, yeah. And we were already talking about the eye, so he knew what it was all about. And I said, uh, excuse me, Dr. I said, Reisner, his name is Reisner. Dr. Reisner, I said, uh, you have to bear with me. I said, I have a lot of anxiety attached to that this to my eyes, he said, he looked at me, and because he was real, I mean, it was just my, 
truth was coming out. I was just expressing exactly. He said, you do, huh? I said, yeah, I do. I said, that's good. I'm good with it. I, I can pro- I'm speaking. I can speak about it, you know. But it was like he was kind of taken aback that I said that. You know? <laughs> yeah. I was wow. enough to say that. And and it was good, and I started smiling, you know, and it kind of gave me a little hug, and I kind of gave him a little bit of a hug back, and and it was just a, a really nice moment. Oh uh, yeah, it was. Oh. And then it, and I felt so good with him. I told him, I said, you know, you're a breath of fresh air for me today, doctor. Uh-huh. And and he smiled, you know, he put that really nice smile on and got rid of the doctor <laughs> image. It was beautiful. I mean. <laughs> It was a good, it was a really good uh, encounter, that, a good sharing. It was a good sharing. So that is awesome. That. Oh, Yvonne, yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Oh yeah. I was just right there, you yeah. experiencing it with you. That was just lovely. Oh my God, how sweet. Yeah, it was a step process, like a three step process. Yeah. First, I was realizing it, then I was sharing it with him, and then he's coming mm-hmm. back to me, and 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 you know, basically. Being loving, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great. Now, when yeah, are you going to have a cataract surgery? When are you going to have it? You know. What did you when say? You Sorry. Have the second one. Yeah, I had the other. Yeah, the first one I had was on my seeing eye. This one, the only reason I'm doing it is because they say, obviously, cataracts only go one way. They don't get better. They get worse. Yeah. So. I yeah, just want to get it out. Told me, he said, "You're not yeah. to understand. You're not going to be able to see." I said, "Oh, I know that. I just thought I should mm-hmm. get it done because it's kind of an obstacle, you know." And he understands. Mm-hmm. See, I have it for next year, next January. So it's all good. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, so you're going to oh, wait some perfect. Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Ivan, yeah. you know. I can relate to it because of my, I, I have that same, same sort of considerations. And here I am encouraging Gloria to go through this. She had both eyes, both cataracts removed um, earlier this year, in May and then in July. Um, and we don't even, it's not even a discussion point anymore. It's done. It's good. She's in great shape. It's better better. But um, I share with you that same sort of nervousness about my eyes being played around with, <laughs> so to speak. And, you know, just envision, if you will, you were willing and able to say to your doctor, speak about your anxiousness, your anxiety around it. I wonder how rare that is. I wonder how often. Anybody who he's, who he's going to be treating has that space and that capability to be able to speak. What's there that's, for them in that regard as well? Yeah, that's why I mentioned it, because it seemed like oh, he was taken aback by me saying something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. 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 I've done yeah. that all my life with doctors and dentists and, and opticians. I, I, mm. I, I used to call it oversharing. But basically, all I was doing was making a connection. That was it. I just wanted to make a connection with another person. And to me, the best way to do that is just to come from my authentic self. This is who I am today. And this is how I'm feeling right now. And if you don't want to hear it, you best tell me. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, doing on here. That's why we bring the number and get on. Get on the call. Yeah. But, you know, and then you're fortunate enough that in that particular human who's standing in front of you as a doctor hears it and feels it, and there's the connection. Because, you know, doctors, I have had experience where you say, and they, like, poo-poo you, you know. Not, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, no, I do. No, no, no. You know, like, he came to, you know, with compassion and understanding, and that's what we want when yeah. we're feeling that, that in a, what do you know, fear or doubt or anxiety. There's someone yeah. to understand where we're coming from. And I tell you, I had an experience with my my internist when I saw him about two weeks ago and I was my authentic self and told him about what, like you, Yvonne, my anxiety and blah, blah, blah. This man became such a loving, understand. He came over and hugged me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, doctors don't even come near you now. They don't even listen to your chest since COVID. You know, it's like they, they, they stand on the side. But mm-hmm. I, it was just such a, you know, good feeling that somebody heard me. Not poo-poo, you don't know, you get over it, you'll be okay. You know, he heard me. And that's what your doctor sees. He, you connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. That's the miracle. I've been very fortunate, I guess. I've had that kind of relationship with all my various doctors that I've, you know, grown up with or seen where I've moved various times, various different cities and countries and so on and so forth. I've been very, very fortunate to have really compassionate, caring, loving doctors. And in fact, most of them, not all of them, but most Mm. of them, there was a hug before before the appointment, after the hug. There was always a hug. I'm a hugger. (laughs) (laughs) You're a hugger. I am. (laughs) I am. I'm I'm relentless. (laughs) Yeah, I like making connections. When I used to go out, that that was just it. I I like to make eye contact. I like to laugh, Mm. and I like to make connections, and I love hugging. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, that stigma... You know, the stigma of the COVID, you know, it's still there, I know. unfortunately. I know. I know. It's terrible. I know. It's terrible. How I know. Mm. Well, I'll it's tell like, you, it is. it has been that way. Like, I know when I had to see my doctor here in BC, they send out a little notice when you turn 80 years old saying that you have to have a doctor's appointment to make sure you're still fit to drive. So I called my doctor, and, of course, he's known me He's known me for years, and he said, don't worry. He said, if you have, to, you have to come here, don't worry about it. And his receptionist, he gave me to his receptionist, and she told me, uh, she said, don't worry about anything because he blocked out the appointments before you and after you. Mm. And I, I know. I mean, how sweet is that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he cares. He cares. Yeah. And most, yeah, most of our appointments are done over the phone. So... Wow. He totally, really? yeah, he just totally, yeah. He's, he's just been amazing. He really has. Best best I've ever had. And I've had some pretty amazing yeah. doctors. Yeah. I have That's a friend again. who is a, a cardiologist, um, <clears throat> and she's doing very well. They built a wing at the uh, Scripps Memorial Hospital, 
in um, La Jolla, California. And that was her wing, if you will. But um, at, at the time that we were, you know, really good friends, I was dating a friend of hers. Um, she was releasing a book um, called Listen to Me. And the title, that was the title of it. And what this was, was a, a book for doctors to recognize the importance of listening to your patients. Listening, letting them hear, letting them express themselves, express what their feelings are, or whatever's going on for them. Even if it's just to clear it up, maybe it is to show something insightful that, um, uh, that is being missed by the rest of the medical process that's going on. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that was a beautiful book to it that she wrote. And uh, it's perfect for her, for who she is and what she was doing. So, anyway, thanks. Yeah, it's important to be heard. Oh, my ass. Yeah. And that's what we do here on this call, I know, in particular, is we hear each other. We really do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? on anybody's mind that like to share and bring forth. It's not, you know, what we read, but it invoked within us. Um, Paula, uh, I would just like to read paragraph 13 again. I know Reverend Bill read it, but it's just, sure. it's, but it's so alive, the, the way that he's, he's set it up. Uh, may I do that? Sure. Okay. I'm doing it for myself. Uh, you'll hear no, it, you're doing it for us. I'm doing <laughs> it for you. <clears throat> doing it's it always for a win-win. You're doing it for yeah. us, you're yeah. doing it for yourself. Totally win-win. Okay, <laughs> so he says, like, let the beliefs, beliefs that we have set forth become one with you, that the beliefs that we've just talked about become with you, so that these beliefs enable you to live and express, okay, to live, express, and act as who you are in every moment, in every circumstance. Now, next Mm -hmm. comes these abilities. Now we're have now their abilities serve you mm-hmm. and your brothers and sisters. Now is let this way of living becomes a way of living. Be the expression of who you are and all that you now remember. And then let this remember this is what this is the kicker. Let this remembrance grow and flourish as the garden that is you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, that is it. Yep. Exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. 
It is. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Yvonne. You know, even that, that last paragraph, too, you know, recognize now that unity is within you and without you in all you are and all you are in relationship with. You know, it's that, you know, too, it's that recognizing and knowing and feeling, it, it's expressing, it, it's there. Know it. Know it. Feel the embrace and the love that is this unity and know that it is you and me and our creator and all that was created. That is gorgeous. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Feel it now, you know. Feel and breathe. And breathe. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you, Papa. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I'm in that moment, you know, where I'm feeling whatever, and I expressed it on a call today, too, you know, where I get lost in my fear or my doubts, I have to try to sit in silence and feel the embrace. And I spoke to Mother Mary. And that goes down to a very deep childhood wound. There was never a mother in my life. Physically there was, but not love of a mother. I could ever remember. But I forgave. But that's and I had my grandmother who was the closest thing. But it wasn't that love of a mother. That's, that's a deep one. That's a deep one. Oh yeah. That's a deep one. And Mother Mary is the closest thing to my when I want to feel that embrace. You know, when I hear, you know, children of people mention their mother. You know, the girl, we did this together and we did that. My grandmother was there, but she had me and she had my brother and my two sisters. And and she was an older woman. It was hard for her. But I'm thankful. She was my stone. But uh, I'm being, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a yeah. deep wound, honey. It is. Yeah. You know, Paul, I was mm-hmm. listening today at a podcast with Greg Braden, and mm-hmm. that's, he was talking about the, the the trauma that you know is held within our bodies, just you know, from generations and so on, and uh, how yeah. that contributes to you know our sickness or illness or our every everything. Um, so yeah, this is deep stuff. It's not something that you can uh, just wish away, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, yeah. it was in this lifetime. I don't know what I the soul carried even from other lives, you know. Right. Yeah. So you don't know, and it's deep because. Do a lot of deep work, a lot of deep diving, I call it. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorite expressions. <laughs> yeah, the deep dive. Yeah. The deep dive, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank Trying you for to... oh, Thank you for sharing that. That's very, very deep and it's ultra personal. And I do thank you yeah. for trusting trusting us enough to share that, Paula. Yeah. Thank you for being there. Always. But, you know, I've always thought, you know, because of that, I was determined to be a good mother to my children. You know, be there for them. And I'm sure no matter what my efforts were, they probably feel like sales somewhere along the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't that their problem? <laughs> They'll have to do their own self-forgiveness work. <laughs> yep. No. It was hard because I was a single mother, too. And that, did, and that was really part of the soul's journey. <laughs> That I really mm, yeah. myself, but it was okay. And my <laughs> both sons, yeah, you know. yeah. So my son Joe actually said to me one day what he thought and how thankful he was. So, you know, ah, but ah, but it's you know, that's nice. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's us as humans. You know, we have we'll always find something. I think if you look back in your childhood, and, oh, that's why I am the way I am now. You know, <laughs> my mother loved my brother more than me. <laughs> you know, so silly like that. Well, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that one very clearly from when my brother died, and I was told in no uncertain terms it should have been me and not him. Oh, I got that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Sometimes having a mother there is not the best thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want you to know, I realize these are tape. Cool. I'm not going to, I'm going to tell Lemoyne to, to erase this tape. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We are recording, aren't we? I don't think anyone listens to them anyway. I don't even think anyone listens to them anyway. <laughs> Well, if they do, they'll get they'll get some stories at least. Yeah. <laughs> they'll get they'll get some very deep sharing. That's for sure. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Reverend Bill, are you still with us? You're very quiet tonight. Uh, yes, Hello. I am. Okay. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate the time, and uh, you're going to go check in a few minutes, check on Gloria, see how she's doing. Do you want to read Chapter 13, and then we'll, be, we'll conclude the second treatise? How's that? Mm, it's only got six paragraphs. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, oh yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I'll tell you this. I'm feeling kind of... I'm, Let's see. No, none of you. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm feeling kind of complete right now. I want to go and check in on Gloria. But if you guys want to go ahead and read that, uh, chapter 13, uh, have at it. And catch up with you again next week. Well, you know, if we feel it's, you know, there's no magic to say, let me put it this way. There's no magic to saying that because we've let it, uh, if we put aside an hour and a half, that we have to, you know, fill in every second, every minute of the hour and a half. And here it is on the top of the hour. We spent an hour together. And honestly, I would appreciate even, because I'm, I was telling Judy before I came on, besides how I'm feeling physically, I've been kind of, you know, going crazy a little bit within my own craziness. I would actually want to say I would like to wrap it up right now. This way, Reverend Bill, you can go. Yeah, and for glory. And, you know, right. it is what it is. I think we had a fruitful hour. We did. It was a fruitful mm-hmm. hour. And it was fun. It's what Paula said a few moments ago. Um, I felt like this, this group came together from the, from the standpoint of wanting to deepen our experience of dialogue. And what better way to do that other than by reading the book? But more to the point, what happens in the terms of the dialogue that, that we have, that we can share with one another? And, and that yeah. happens when we're reading or when we're not reading. So uh, yeah. I see that. I hold that as our, our means of being together. That's my take. Coming together in relationship and unity. Yeah. How's that? Yes, absolutely. Just feeling the, the connectedness, the connection, the oneness mm-hmm. of us all, and individuated to boot. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. And feeling safe. Yes. Safe enough to express the, the authenticness of myself. Yeah. Thank you. So I love you, my little group. <laughs> I love you all. I do. I love you, Paula. Love you, Paula. I'm Bill. Yes. Take care. Bye. Yes, everybody. Take care. care. Good night. Have a good evening. Bye bye. Good night, everybody. And Paula, have a great trip. Thank you. I'm going to look forward to it if I get myself off. <laughs> You'll be fine. I might call you in the next day or two and say help. Perfect. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye. Love you. Good night. Good night. Bye bye.